Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our associate pastor, the Reverend Daisy Feliciano. Each week, we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here's Pastor Daisy with today's word. Luke chapter 1. We already read chapter 2. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 26 announcing Jesus Christ's birth to Virgin Mary. When you all have it, say amen. amen. Praise God. The word of the Lord reads, Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I don't know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Mm. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Mm. Therefore also that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed her. You may take your seats. Hallelujah. When we think of the Christmas message, 
we think it's an easy message, right? To deliver. This was not easy for me to deliver. The title of my message is Responding in Obedience. Mary was a young lady engaged to Joseph. She was a woman of humility. She showed reverence to her God. She wasn't rich. She was actually poor. She didn't impress anyone with her fashion, with her jewelry, with what she had, with the type of furniture she had. Her education, her perfume. She was simply a bride-to-be, very happy, planning her wedding. As we know, getting married is exciting. Getting married, right, there's a lot of preparation that goes involved with the wedding. The wedding list, the menu, right? Who's going to come out in it? What are we going to wear? And you want to make it the most memorable time of your life. Well, we can imagine Mary's surprise when the angel Gabriel appeared to her with the message, with the magnitude of message that he gave. It was definitely something she was not expecting. I could imagine her surprise. I want you guys to understand one thing. When the angel addressed Mary, he said she was highly favored. But the angel never worshipped Mary. She was highly favored, but the angel didn't bow down to Mary. She was highly favored, but the angel did not pray to Mary. He simply greeted her. And Mary didn't comprehend that type of greeting. Highly favored? Highly favored? It startled her. It even made her frightened. But see, when fear tries to invade the plan of God, when fear tries to choke the faith out of us, the angel had to address it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Mary didn't comprehend. Highly favored. But the angel calmed her fears and told her God was choosing her for such a time as this to be a mother to the long-awaited Messiah. You see, I don't have time to talk about the man with the big belly. I don't have time to talk about chestnuts roasting on an open fire. We have to speak about the coming Messiah, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. You, Mary, will conceive 
and bring forth a son. His mission would be to save us. Jesus, his mission would be to save us. The Savior of the world, his name shall be called Jesus. Jesus was there before the foundation of the world. Jesus was there when he formed the world. Jesus was always there before the foundation, during creation, and here today. Jesus, Emmanuel. Without Jesus, nothing was ever fashioned. Without Jesus, the world would not exist. Let us create man. Let us. He was there. We were fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. I, Daisy Feliciano, was created to be Daisy. I was fashioned by the hands of the God Almighty, the creator of all things. I was not a mistake. You were not a mistake. The word of God tells me we were created in the image of the most high God. God doesn't make mistakes. Jesus, he breathed the breath of life into us. Said that Messiah. If you are breathing today, you are to praise the King of kings and Lord of lords. Because the grave cannot praise him. Psalms ends in 150. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You know, Jesus, when I was preparing the message, I said, Lord, it's a Christmas message. But he has me spending most of the lesson, most of my sermon in the Old Testament. Because Jesus was there. Isaiah 38, 18 says, for the grave cannot praise thee. Death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. Getting back to Mary, I can only imagine what was going on in her mind. Did he choose correctly? Did you get this right, my God? I've never had relations. I'm planning a wedding. Perhaps we have questioned God. When God called you to do something. Perhaps you have questioned the Lord Almighty when he says you're going to carry something. Perhaps you have questioned the Holy Ghost when he told you to be silent. Perhaps you have felt unqualified. Perhaps you have felt mm, unusable. Perhaps we have felt underachieved. Perhaps we have felt like we were damaged goods. Perhaps we doubted that we were chosen. 
Do you know that fear is the antidote that the enemy uses to disarm our faith? Fear is the antidote that Satan will use to keep us off the perfect will of God. That's why the angel had to address her fear immediately. He addressed her fear immediately because fear cannot be part of God's plan in the kingdom of God. Can I get personal? I tested positive to COVID. And I would be lying to you the week of Thanksgiving. Don't worry, I don't, I'm no longer contagious. I tested, I tested positive to COVID. I went, I was feeling sick, and my, I, we have babies in the house, and I have to be really careful, and I have my church, right? So immediately, the minute I got a fever, I went to urgent care. I work for doctors, and I had to wait three days. So that's why I missed church. I didn't come to church, and I had to wait. And when I was plugged into the service Sunday, worshiping God in my living room, because that's what the devil does. I'm worshiping God, and my cell phone goes off. And they're like, is this Daisy Feliciano? And I'm like, speaking. You tested positive. And then they go through a whole 20 minute, 100 questions, da, 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 and I was getting more annoyed and annoyed and annoyed and annoyed as the, as the church was worshiping as I was, you know, and I'm, I would be lying to you if I didn't say fear immediately kicked in. I, when I got off the phone, it was like upload, download, upload, download, upload, download, immediately. I didn't open a door. I didn't invite it in. It trespassed right in. And it comes in here. And you can't allow it to go in here. Fear immediately kicked in. And I said, oh, my God, the baby. Oh, my God, her transplant. Oh, my God, my nieces are going to be so upset with me. Oh, my God, the church. And a couple of after, it was all fear. It was all fear. I didn't entertain it, but it came in. It was there. And about 30 or 40 seconds, I said, wait a minute, Satan. I know who my God is. I know what the word of God says. And not that the Lord has to be reminded of his word. But I said, Father, I've been declaring Psalms 91 over my life, over my neighborhood, over my family. I declare Psalms 121. I declare Psalms 34. Lord Jesus, I shall live and not die to declare the greatness of my God. Let me tell you something. The minute you start worshiping your Lord, the minute you start giving God glory, even if the news is bad, even if it's scary, fear got to go. Fear is destroyed because the God, the great I am, wonderful counselor, the everlasting father has the last word in Daisy's life, in your life, in your children's life, in your generation to generation to generation life. That's right. Philippians 14 tells us we could do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. Fear has no place in the kingdom of God. God destroyed fear with his resurrection power. The great I am reminded me who he is and who I am. It was God who chose Mary. For such a time as this. However, the response was up to Mary. Can I say that again? 
It was God that chose you. But the response is up to you. Because whoever God calls, he equips. He pours his favor over you. He will lead you. He will honor you. But it's up to you. How do you respond? How do you respond to the call of the most high God? Sometimes we respond to our bosses faster than we respond to God. Sometimes we respond to our honey faster than we respond to Emmanuel. Mary's response was, I submit. She responded in submission, yielding herself to God and accepting her purpose. What an amazing, I can't imagine the magnitude of courage that took. The magnitude of obedience. We know the story. And God gave her the precise plan. You will conceive his name. He will be God. He will be holy. He will save. Bam, 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 bam. <gasps> Amen. Be it unto me. That's submission in every sense of the word. There were many factors for those who, who are check, checkers and for those who are really prepared. I have my, one of my nieces is a school teacher and she, everything is like, oh my, she's just too, woo. You know, checklist, checklist, checklist. Mary's checklist, she was engaged to Joseph. How could she explain to the man she loves and has already been committed to him that she's with child? Don't worry about the details when God chooses you because God sent an angel to Joseph to prepare his heart. Don't worry about your spouse when God calls you because God will Take care of the details. I got this, Mary. I got this, Mary. How about the people in the town? Her family and friends and the neighbors, her acquaintances. What would they think of her? Sometimes people will not have the best thoughts of you when the favor of the Lord is upon your life. Sometimes people will gossip about you because you're different. Can I take it deeper? Sometimes they'll be jealous because God didn't choose me. He chose Mary. What's so special about Mary? Sometimes you'll be accused, false accusations. Come on, I know she was looking at Bob the other day. Gossip, because that's what Satan does. The stares and the looks. And those who sadly rejoice in her pain. People rejoice in our failures. People laugh at us sometimes when we fail. These are demons. This is witchcraft. 
This is voodoo. People don't always have the best intentions for godly people. When you are chosen, when you are separated for the kingdom of God, you're going to be a threat. Your integrity, just as Mary's, would be questioned. Your character will be put to the ground. You will be questioned and threatened and not believed. My brothers and sisters, God's not always going to call you when it's convenient for you. God's not going to call you when everything is in a row and you're all organized and your bed was made and you got money in the bank. God will not always call you when the weather is perfect. He may tell you to do something and it's eight feet of snow. God will not always call you when you don't have your credentials. God's divine purpose will follow you. All you have to do is respond in obedience. You see, God is a God of order. Many say, many may think he got it wrong. He chose the wrong one. You see, just as Brother Allen was speaking, and, and everyone that I've spoken to, God is confirming what he put in my heart. The birthplace of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords was not in a palace with a bed of gold and silver and diamonds and rubies. He chose the Lord of hosts. The mighty God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, to have his birthplace be in a manger, wrapped in swaddle cloth. God doesn't make mistakes. Our God is a God of order. God chose a poor girl, a humble servant, a one that said, highly favored. You know why? Because God's order is perfect. For the, in 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not the author of confusion. He's not a God of disorder, but of peace. Listen, God will choose who he wants to because he is the examiner of the heart. God will choose who he wants to. Because he knows the motive of the heart. God will choose who he wants to. Because he sees the heart of man. When he looked down, he said, mm -mm, not Sally, not Jackie, not Cookie, or Popcorn. Nope, that one right there. And Jesus goes, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Going into the Old Testament, God will choose anyone he wants to choose because he is the examiner of the heart. God chose David to be king of Israel. 
But you know what? David knew his God. Not a perfect man, but God chose David to be king. And when you know who God is, when you know who your God is, when you know the power and the authority and the word, you will stand up to your Goliath. When you know who your God is, you will stand up and say, what are you saying about my God? Not by might. Not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. When we know who we are in Christ Jesus, and when we walk with our Father, we will know and see the power and the authority of God in our life. God chose David because he's the examiner of our heart. And he doesn't make any mistakes when he appoints his servants. First Samuel 16, 7. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. When God chooses you, it's going to cost you something. When God chooses you, Pastor Rich, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you faith, Latoya. It's going to cost you submission, Alan. It's going to cost us something. It's going to cost humility. Submission. Obedience. Back into the Old Testament. Jesus was there. Jesus was there. God chose Abraham to sacrifice his child Isaac. What a request. Did he make a mistake again? God doesn't condone murder. Take your son and sacrifice him. You know what? Abraham didn't run back home and tell his wife. Abraham didn't run home and tell his neighbors. He responded in obedience. Come on, son. We got something to do. Uh, Dad, where's the sacrifice? The Lord will provide, son. My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. You see, God didn't want Isaac to die. God didn't want Abraham to sacrifice his son. But God did want Abraham to sacrifice his son in his heart. Should I say that again? God was testing Abraham's heart. God wanted to see if Abraham would sacrifice his son in his heart, which he did. Our heavenly Abba Father would later in the New Testament sacrifice his son. In the Old Testament, Jesus was there. In the New Testament, 
Jesus was there. Today, Jesus is here. God chose Moses. Lord, why do you keep bringing me to the Old Testament? Because I was there. You see, I was there when we called Moses to go to Pharaoh and set my people free. Moses questioned God. I stutter. I can't speak like my brother Aaron. Lord, I can't do this. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. Excuses. Excuses. Moses finally says, who am I that I should do this? Tell your neighbor, it doesn't matter who you are. Who am I that I should do this? It doesn't matter who you are. What matters is who God is. What matters is who God is. Who is the one sending you? That's what matters. God says, just tell them I am sent you. Just tell them I am sent you. Just tell them I am Jesus I am is with us. Jesus, I am. Moses, even with all the excuses, finally responded in obedience. Even with his excuses. And uh, I'm scared. I can't talk. You know what? I can't do my brother's job. I know that. I can't be the senior pastor here. I understand and recognize that. But when my brother says to me, sister, I need you to bring the word. I go, okay, brother. I'm going to be obedient. And let me tell you, it costs something. When we are obedient, the favor of God comes upon us. When we are obedient, the Holy Ghost power it falls upon us. And it will lead us. It will guide us. It will tell us what to do. Miracles follow. Abraham's faith was tested. God saw the depth of his heart. God saw his love. God saw his faith. Mm. And God showed his provision. Moses. Moses definitely was tested because he he didn't have easy people to deal with. Moses' faith was tested. His patience was tested. Even through the ups and downs. But you know what Moses saw? Protection. Provision, power, God's authority, and miracles followed him. The word of God says, these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe in the Son of God? These signs should be following those who believe. I want to take it now a step further. Jesus responded. In obedience. You see, Jesus is always all about the Father's business. Jesus is all about his Father's business. 
When you are all about the Father's business, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added. My family, my life, my health, my joy, my peace, my integrity, my character. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God. Jesus. Emmanuel. He knew the cost. He knew the pain. He knew what he had to endure to enter into this world. God became flesh and walked by men. He knew the level of betrayal that awaited him. But one thing Jesus demonstrated was he was here to fulfill his father's business. He was always doing his father's business, even on the cross. Not my will, but your will be done. Mary didn't have it easy. It wasn't an easy ride. But one thing that we read, the Holy Spirit would come upon her. You know what the Lord took me to? I heard a sermon that when Jesus, right, was baptized and the heavens opened up, right? And the dove came. It's the Holy Spirit. And I wondered, right? The dove came and it said it went on him. It said, this is my son who I am pleased. You know what? We need to stop being laughing hyenas. We need to stop being bulls. We need to stop being um, elephants. And all these wicked, just very uh, aggressive animals. And we need to be like the lamb. So when the Holy Spirit starts to, he's going to look for a lamb. Where he could rest on. He wants to see the heart of his child. He wants to see the heart of his young people. He wants to see the heart of the ministers. He wants to see the heart of his daughters. He wants to see see the heart. So the Holy Spirit could rest. And come upon us. And the obedience is up to us. Thank you, my God. That Holy Spirit is power. The power of resurrection glory resides in us. Isaiah 9, 6, back into the Old Testament. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Responding in obedience doesn't always mean it's going to go good. It doesn't always guarantee success. (laughs) Responding in obedience means dying to self. Responding in obedience may require lack of sleep. 
responding in obedience may make you apologize. It may ask you not to be offended. You see, everyone thinks it's a big task that you have to do. Responding in obedience can simply be going to a person and hugging them. Or how about going to someone's driveway and shoveling their driveway when there's 12 inches of snow? I'm going to go there, Pastor Rich. I'm going to go there. My brother's thing broke down. You know, we got all this snow, and it's hard. He's getting up there in age, you know. And um, I called to see how he was doing because I know, you know, they're getting plans to go away, and to rest is amazing. It's, it's wise to take time off. And I, I called. When I called him back, he goes, oh, Daisy. <sighs> Pastor Rich showed up, and he took care of me. I'm telling you, I cried. I cried. I cried. Because you know what? That's what the body of Christ does. It doesn't always mean you got to stand here and have to preach. It doesn't always mean that you have to, you know, uh, play the piano. It could simply just mean going to someone's driveway and cleaning and plowing them out of the snow. Mary suffered. She went through the pain of birthing. Hello. She went through suffering. She went through loneliness. She experienced betrayal, rejection, ridicule. Does that sound familiar? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus, God in flesh, came to walk among us. He could have said, no, they're not worth it. No, I'm not doing it. No. This is ridiculous. Thank you, Jesus, for responding in obedience. Because when he spread his arms out for me and for you, even before I was an atom, even before I was even a thought, even before I was alive or in the womb of my mother, he thought of Daisy. Perhaps we may think he made a mistake when he called Mary, but Mary was the chosen one to carry the word. The word that would remove the sin of the world. The word, Jesus, who came to save. The word that should remind us what Christmas is all about. You see, in order for us to live, somebody had to die. In order for us to have life, Jesus had to give it all. Jesus had to die. Jesus was there in the lion's den. Jesus was there with Meshach, Shamrach, and Abego in the fire. Jesus was there when you were alone. Jesus was there when they said, I had COVID. Jesus has always been there. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He reigns as king and kings and Lord of lords. Wonderful tells of his, of his person, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and of his works. Mighty, omnipotent, supreme ruler, everlasting Father, he's eternal. He inhabits and possesses eternity, and he is our shalom, prince of peace. Let me tell you something. When Mary went to visit Elizabeth, hmm, and the word entered. The word of God entered. John in the belly leaped. When was the last time the word of God made you jump? When was the last time you leaped for the word of God and got excited when you heard a declaration over your life? Jesus left paradise to come to earth. He left paradise and became flesh and walked among us. It cost him everything. And when we think about Christmas, we think about all the things that we do. The tree, the trimming, the chestnuts. I happen to love chestnuts. But there's so many things that distract us. We forget about the precious gift of God. When we talk about gifts, gifts have a price. They cost something. The gift will always be totally at the expense of the giver. And the degree of sacrifice is totally up to the giver. And it becomes part of the gift. Right? The giver had you in mind when he sought out to give you the gift. He thought of you. When you are going to gift somebody, you got to have them in your heart and in your thought. Right? And the recipient has no obligations to the cost, to the value. All they have to do is receive the gift. It cost Jesus everything. It caused our God to turn and not be able to look at his son. Because all the sin of the world came upon him. Born in a manger and died on the cross. He was buried in the grave, rose again and ascended to heaven. You see, our gifts will fade. Our gifts break. Our gifts lose their value. How about this? Many times our gifts are forgotten. But the precious Lamb of God he came and gave his all. Jesus of Nazareth, 
He came, chosen by the Virgin Mary. Such a great task. And her obedience gave us the precious Lamb of God in flesh. He gave us the gift of salvation. How are you responding to that gift? He gave us the gift of redemption. How are we living our life to receive redemption? He gave us the gift of his favor. He gave us the gift of peace and joy, forgiveness, fullness, and healing. Like Mary, we are all called to be carriers of the word of God. You see, believers have a responsibility. Can we respond in obedience even if we don't see God moving? You see, there wasn't sonograms in those days. She couldn't take a pregnancy test. She couldn't see exactly the vision that was spoken to her. Like when you go to the doctor and you get the little sonogram and you look at the little thing that looks like a peanut. And you try to make sense of it. Sometimes even in your obedience, there could be silence. Sometimes also in your obedience, nothing could happen. You might not feel anything. You may not see anything. You may not experience anything. But the word is growing. The heart is beating. The Holy Ghost is there. You see, God sometimes will tell you his plan. And sometimes God will not tell you. Sometimes God will tell you to go to Canaan. Sometimes God will just tell you, pack up, you're going somewhere. Sometimes God will call you to be silent, even when you want to explode. It's not up to you to share this. How will you respond when the word is spoken over you? When we hear the word, do we receive it? Do we embrace it? Do we live it? Do we obey it? Entering the church doesn't make us a Christian. Sitting in the pew and hearing the word doesn't make us believers. Demons enter church and sit on the pews. Witches enter church and sit on the pew. Demonic oppression enters the church and sits in the pew. When we hear the word of God, are we being doers of the word and responding in obedience? I shared this with, with the prayer group, and I'm, I'm, I'm just wrapping it up. Sister Brenda, if you're, if you're watching, I love you, and you are such an example to my life. You know, Sister Brenda, when she enters into the courts of the Most High, I've noticed, I, I observe, and I used to do this too. And because I guess the platform changed, I changed up. I changed up. I allowed the change to affect my worship. And I'm going to explain to you. In the other church, there was like a little platform, and you could go and sit and kneel down, and then you get up, and it's a little easier just to poop, you pop yourself up. 
When Sister Brenda enters the church, she takes a few steps, puts her purse down, puts her Bible down, and she walks up right to the altar. Sometimes she doesn't even take off her coat. She doesn't let anyone distract her. Enter your courts with thanksgiving and praise. Enter your courts with praise. This is the day you have made. And I've watched her. She doesn't let anybody distract her. I mean, she's like clockwork. And during worship, she makes her way to the altar. And one day she goes, I don't know. People may think I'm crazy. I said, you are a worshiper. When we enter into the courts of the Most High, Come with your heart prepared to worship. Come with a heart of gratitude. The right attitude. Because it's not about you when you walk into God's presence. Forget about yourself. Forget about the issue. Forget about the car. Forget about what you're cooking. My God. Thank you that I live in a country where I can walk into church and lift up my heads. And bless your glorious name. Jesus did not die for us to warm up the bench. The Holy One of Israel, the Mighty One of God, Wonderful Counselor, the Everlasting Father, did not give His all for us to be bench warmers. Just as Pastor Rich declared, Jesus did not die for us to warm up benches. We are all called to be carriers of his word. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age the only gift that keeps giving is Jesus Christ the only gift that doesn't lose its value is Jesus Christ Philippians 3.10 in closing that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death You see, this was Paul's declaration. He gave up everything to be a carrier of the word. His family had to sacrifice. His friends, his freedom. Do our lives represent a response of obedience? Will you accept his gift and dedicate your life to him? I mean, truly dedicate your life to him. Will you share the word of God? Will people leap when you walk in? Will people see the light of Jesus Christ in you because you've been obedient? Are you willing to carry the word in your belly? Will you say, be it, your will be done. Be to it, my God. Will you be a carrier of the word in your heart? Can you act act immediately in obedience when the Holy Spirit tells you 
Stop listening to that. Stop watching that. Spend time with me. In closing, the very last word in the Old Testament in the book of Malachi 4.6 is the word curse. In fact, in the synagogue, the Jewish nation will repeat verse 5 because they don't ever want to end in verse 6 that it ends with the word curse because the wages of sin is death. Sin separates us from the gift. Sin separates us from his divine purpose. What broke the silence was the crying of a baby wrapped in swaddle cloths in the manger. Born of a virgin Mary, God in flesh walked among us. I can imagine our heavenly father and Jesus. Son, you ready? I got this, dad. Holy Ghost, I'll see you later. I got this. Accept the gift of salvation and be a carrier of the word of God. Allow the word of God to grow inside of us. Allow ministries to be birthed. Allow fruits to be harvested. As we reflect of the precious gift of Jesus, let's honor him all together. Let's consecrate our lives because he gave it all. And this gift, he's not an Indian giver. It's for all who receive and believe. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you have been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning very soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and may he be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.